Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again for another devotional. I hope you're doing well and uh, finding encouragement in God as we read his word together day after day. I know that I am. Today we continue our study of Noah and seek to understand and identify with his great journey of faith. As we do, I encourage you to contextualize this theme of faith in your own life. To what journey is God calling you? And, uh, and, and how does the Lord want to equip you through Noah's story? Let's invite the Lord to lead us as we read and consider those questions. Heavenly Father, Holy God, we come to you by faith as your dearly loved children. Uh, wanting to follow you uh, on a great adventure of our own. Uh, we know, though, that uh, we're lost without you. So we ask that you would make, make your word clear to us today. Give us the insight we need to live radical lives of faith and, and, and help us to do so one step at a time. We thank you for loving us and for demonstrating that love in your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Today, uh, we're going to start by rereading a little bit of uh, Genesis chapter 6 that we started yesterday. We'll start in verse 9 and we'll continue on through chapter 7, verse 16. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come with you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the faith of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. 
Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came to the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark, as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heaven were opened, and rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings, pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female in every living thing as God had commanded them. Then the Lord shut them in. As we discussed yesterday, the people who God had created had left him for the chance to become their own gods. And in the process had begun to destroy one another and the world he had gifted them. Things must have been pretty bad because the scriptures uh, all throughout the Bible tell us again and again of God's patience and his loving kindness. Yet in this moment, he decides that the right course of action is to start over again. God tasks Noah with building an ark to save his family and the various kinds of animal life that would become the beginnings of a new world after the flood. Now, when you hear ark, just envision a modern-day barge. God instructed that this ark, this barge he would build, would be an equivalent of roughly 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Think about that for a moment. While the precise location of where this all happened is unknown, it's very likely that it took place in the region stretching from what is today eastern Turkey, south through Iraq to Saudi Arabia. There are no significant bodies of water in this area, and the climate is subtropical semi-arid. So when you hear that, think dry with little annual rainfall. How long might it have taken Noah and his sons to build a wooden barge by hand of the dimensions that God instructed? The text doesn't tell us, but based on information about his age and the age of his sons that we get from Genesis chapters 5, 9, and 11, it's reasonable to suggest that it was in the ballpark of 90 to 100 years. I mean, can you imagine that? Can we really even begin to get our minds just around how long that was. On top of that, can you imagine the opposition that Noah faced while he did what God had told him to do? Can you imagine the public ridicule that he faced, spending what today is a lifetime building a barge on the ground with no water in sight? This really had my attention as I spent time thinking about this. I asked myself, why so long? I know there were physical limitations to building something that massive in the ancient world, and Noah wasn't exactly young, but 100 years, 
God was asking him to trust him with an impossible task. Couldn't he have at least helped speed things up with a miracle or two? You know, maybe assemble part of the ark on his own during the night whenever everyone was asleep. I suggested yesterday that God was actually sad when he saw how evil people had become. In a way, people were God's children because they had come from him. Now imagine if your kids, the kids you loved and raised and sacrificed for, imagine if those kids grew up and wanted nothing to do with you. Imagine if they turned their backs on every life lesson you had ever taught them about how to treat people and have meaningful friendships and contribute to society. What would you feel if you watched them make one destructive choice after another? This is what happened to God. And I think he was devastated. He had every reason to judge the people who disowned him. And his judgment was just whatever it was, because he alone had the right to lay down the punishment on whatever terms he thought was fair. He knew that he had to hold humans accountable, but he was sad. I don't think he wanted to punish them. He wanted to be with them. For Noah, 100 years was the ultimate test of faith. I'm sure there were so many difficult days. Days when he wanted to quit, days when he doubted if rain would ever even fall, days when he was just flat out tired of being mocked and ridiculed. I wonder if every day during those long years, though, God watched his people, hoping that they would ask Noah what he was doing, ask him who had told him to do it, and come to their senses about what they had done. I wonder how many nights he watched them drink themselves uh, to sleep, hoping that tomorrow would be a new day and that they would return to him. One of the lies that we believe, even of even those of us uh, who believe in the God of the Bible, um, is that the world revolves around us. Even in our best moments, our Noah moments, the moments when we really do live by faith out of an authentic love for God, we forget that we are not the only characters in the story. We forget that he is simultaneously working in everyone's life and very often overlapping our stories to reveal himself to us. Building the ark must have felt like an eternity to Noah. But his long journey of faith gave people time to come to their senses and come back to God. God was using Noah's story to extend grace to the world, giving them extra time, decades, and then years, and then months, and then days to repent and receive his forgiveness. In the end, though, time was up. Despite his anxious hopes, the only people who stood before him were Noah and his family. Together they entered the ark, and uh, as chapter 7, verse 16 reads, the Lord shut them in. Do these words apply to you in any way today? Yesterday we encouraged one another to consider how the Lord was leading us down the narrow road of faith. Impatience is something that will make that journey much more difficult. Let's try to see the big picture today and remind ourselves that God is working in the lives of everyone in our home, everyone in our dorms, 
uh, every person on our block and at our jobs and, and every single person that we pass along the street. Let us rest in the grace of God that is constantly reaching out to a world that left him, waiting for them to return. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the reminder that life really isn't all about us. Uh, we thank you for being at the center of all life and for having equal concern and love and affection for everyone on this planet. Uh, we ask for clarity in our call and, and courage to walk out those calls by faith. Um, help us to be patient when we aren't sure we're making any progress and, and help us to uh, persevere uh, by continuing to, to go forward no matter what the opposition is. And we pray all these things in the hope that is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.